I'm in debt. I have two car payments, four years into a 30-year mortgage, balances on a couple credit cards, plus college for three kids on the horizon, zero savings. I work long hours at a job that I hate, and despite all that, all I get is stress about how I can make more money. I take four pills at night for my back pain. Some days, getting up seems like too much. I struggle with dyslexia. I have high cholesterol. I overeat a little too often. I'm trying to get in shape, but it's never, I mean never enough. My dad died five years ago from cancer. I should have seen him more before he passed. Man, I miss him so much. Everyone expects me to be over it, but it's something that I still deal with daily. I haven't taken my wife on a date in four months. I practically forgot our anniversary. My kids need me when I get home, but it's late. I want to sleep. I spend my weekends at their functions, as if that's enough. All this, and I still resent my family. Because I have no time just for me! I can be amazingly selfish. I'm often angry, seemingly, for no reason. I struggle with lustful thoughts, none of which my wife understands. Nor do I, for that matter. I'm good at some things, I'm great at nothing. I had dreams for my work and my family, and I abandoned them long ago. I think I'm a realist, and I come off as a pessimist. I feel restless knowing something is missing. I have too many burdens. They're suffocating. And this is the weight I carry. If this is the first time you're here with us, we are so glad that you are worshiping with us. And uh, today we're gonna, we are going to start a new series on adversity, how to face adversities in life. And uh, how many, how many of us feel like that sometimes? Even to a small portion of that, right? Even if it's one or two of the things he mentioned, I, I tell you one thing. I always tell you I'm going to be, I'm going to be as, as transparent as I can with you guys. I feel like that a lot of times. A lot of those things I can identify with. A lot of the stuff that I, that, that I feel that, that I'm having adversity against. And, and, you know, we experience it. We experience adversity every day. We experienced adversity last year. We experience adversity every month, every week, every day. We experience adversity and, uh, and, you know, did you have a situation when things went different for you this year? Did you experience, have you ever experienced a situation that didn't go the way you wanted to go and then you felt that adversity against you? You know, so a place where you felt confined, like you couldn't even make a decision because it was so much to think about. It was so much to process that you just couldn't make a good decision. And now, how many of us like to go through adversities. I would, I would tell you, I'll be honest with you, nobody likes to go through adversities. But, but the reason we don't like to go through adversities is because we don't understand adversities. We don't understand them. Adversities are an essential part of our lives. Yeah, even though we don't like them, even though nobody, no, nobody likes the pain, nobody likes to be hurt. But it's an essential part of our lives. And without adversities, we would not grow. Without adversities, we would not be motivated to change for the best. In adversities is when we have the opportunities to ask God. 
It's when we have the opportunities to ask God to help us through it, but not just to help us through it. God, help me through it, but also help me to grow in it. It's in adversity that we learn that our faith can grow and, and, and that we also learn stuff that we need to learn in life. Adversity is essential in our lives. And, and this is why God would never... God, God would, if God would deliver us from every adversity, if He would take us away from every adversity, if every time we have an adversity, we pray and God takes it away, the problem with that is we we never reach our highest potential because it's through adversity that we reach our highest potential. If God would take that away right away when you're praying, Lord, I'm going through this problem, I'm going through this tough situation, Lord, take it away from me then you will never learn and never reach your highest potential. Because it's through adversity that we learn a lot of the things that we need essentials in our lives. This is why God allows us to go through different tough situations in life. God works in adversity. And when there is adversity in your life, when there is trouble, when there is testing, when there, is tr- when there are trials, when there is adversity in your life, God is at work. And as uncomfortable as these situations can be sometimes, is part of life, whether we like it or not. It is part of life. And so let me tell you one more essential thing about adversity. Adversity can be our greatest motivation uh, for growth. Or it can be our deadliest means of discouragement too. So either you are going to be motivated to grow, or you are going to be discouraged. And you're going to be discouraged, and you're just going to say, like, you know what, this is too, too hard, this is too tough. The difference depends on our understanding on God, of God's purposes when you're going through adversity. If you don't understand God's purpose through the adversity that you're going through, uh, then it's not going to make any sense to you. And the way we respond to that, to, to that adversity, whether it's positive or negative, you know, our attitude will determine our altitude. You know how depending how your attitude is through the troubles and the adversities that you go through, that's going to depend your altitude in life. That your attitude will determine your altitude. But all that depends whether we understand why do we go through adversities. What is God's purpose through adversity? You don't understand that. You will always look at adversity in a negative way. And that's why it is essential to respond to adversity in the right way. So to respond to adversity in a, in a, in a right way because it, our initial response to adversity is usually negative. Nobody likes pain. Perhaps uh, it's critical sometimes because we don't understand it. We are prone to view trouble through the glasses of our own perspective and our own plans. We are prone to see things our own way, not in God's way. And a lot of times God allows adversities, allows problems, troubles in your life because He wants to do something greater in you. He wants to get you to your highest potential. And as uncomfortable as, as adversity is, to reject adversity is to reject life itself. We have to learn to accept adversity as a part of life. We love prosperity, don't we? Oh, no, oh, you guys don't like prosperity? No, we all like prosperity. We like prosperity. It's a great teacher. But adversity is a greater teacher than prosperity. Why? 
Because prosperity, uh, you know, prosperity will pamper your mind. Prosperity pampers your mind, but adversity, you know, that privation trains your mind to be stronger. It trains your life to be stronger. Difficult times allows us to appreciate the good times. We learn when we suffer, no matter how painful it is. I, I don't know, have any of you guys ever watched that movie 300 where the Spartans get, you know, go, go and fight against their enemies? And it's a very bloody movie, so I don't recommend it, but, uh, but it's a good movie. I don't recommend it. But these, the Spartans, the way they did, is that as their kids were born, they kept them at home until like maybe age of five or six. But at age of five or six, they would just throw them in the streets. And guess what? Nobody wanted to face a Spartan warrior. Because these guys were so tough. Because they were thrown in the streets to try to, you know, the, the parents were wanted their kids to face adversities. To face tough times. And as they, as they face adversities and tough times in the streets, and they grew up fighting to survive, and doing everything it took and, and everything they needed to do to survive, they learned how to be amazing warriors. Other people didn't want to fight against the Spartans because they were so tough. And a lot of times, God allows those adversities in our lives so we can learn, so we can learn to be tough, so we can learn to endure. God is always behind the scenes when we are going through adversities. God, is, God doesn't just, you know, doesn't stay away and doesn't care about it. No, He cares for it. He cares at the moment you're going through adversity. When God is always behind the scene, when God was working behind the scenes through the adversity of the life of one of the writers of Psalm 119, this writer, his name is Tet, and this writer of Psalm 119, verse 65 and, and, and on, uh, he learned some lessons in his life because of the adversity he had to go through. If you don't go through adversities, you will not learn the lessons God wants you to learn. And God knows best the lessons that you and I need to learn in life. And only going through these adversities is that we are going to learn these lessons. For example, this, uh, this writer of this portion of this psalm, he says, You have done many good things for me, Lord, you... As you promised, just as you promised, you have done amazing things for me. So he is thankful. He is thankful for what the Lord has done in his life, for what the Lord has promised. You have fulfilled your promise. Verse 66, I believe in your commands. Now, teach me good judgment and knowledge. Now, he is being thankful in these first two verses, right? But why was he thankful for? Watch what it says in verse 67. I used to wander off until you disciplined me. I used to wonder if I was doing my own thing. I wasn't listening to you until you got me to go through adversity. Because discipline is a, it's a type of adversity in our lives. Nobody likes discipline in their life. Nobody, nobody wants to go through these adversity moments in life so you can learn. But only when you go through these adversities, only when you put me through this discipline, this writer says, until you got me through that moment of adversity and discipline me. Now I, clo I walk closely. I follow closely your word. But now I closely follow your word. So it took 
you, Lord, to discipline me. It took you, Lord, to allow me to go through different type of things, to different, through different adversities, so that I can follow your word. Otherwise, I would kept on just being wandering off. I would be away. I would be doing my own thing. I, I would be, you know, living life like I thought best. I would be just living la vida loca, right? Remember that song? Living la vida loca. And everybody wanted to go live la vida loca. Yeah, you go live la vida loca and God is going to discipline you. And He's going to discipline you because the purpose God has in your adversity, in your discipline, is to bring you back to your senses. That's one of the reasons why God allows adversity. And He doesn't stop there. In verse 68, He says, You are good and do good and, and, and do only good. Teach me your decrees. So imagine, imagine you going and telling your parents, oh, you are so good. You did so good because you spanked me today. Your kids will not say that. Right? Your kids will not say that. You'll be like, you know, you hurt me today. No, no. He says, it was good. You are so good, Lord. And watch what he says. My sufferings, you allow my sufferings in my life. My suffering was good for me. He's, he realizes, he accepts the fact that his sufferings were good for him. For it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. If I didn't go through that adversity, Lord, if I didn't go through that suffering, I would have not paid attention to your decrees. Your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. You know, when I read this text, I cannot, I cannot stop thinking about the time when I... When I finally went back to the Lord, I remember, I remember in the uh, in the uh, late 80s, um, early 90s, when people, friends of mine, were always inviting me to church, and they were inviting me to church. Oscar, come on, you got to get back to church. You got to get back to church. And I would be like, yeah, 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 I'll be there on Sunday, and I would never show up, right? Of course, I was living la vida loca, right? So it's like, no, she, I'm just gonna tell them that so I can keep them away from me. And I remember, keep on saying that over and over and over. And I remember one day, a friend of mine took me out for a prayer walk. And we were walking and we were praying. And I was just like, okay, I like my friend. He was a good friend of mine. So I just wanted to walk with him. And, you know, while he prays, I'll let him pray. I'm not going to pray. I don't, you know, I don't care for praying right now. So that was my mentality. So I remember that he asked me, Oscar, promise me that you're going to go to church with me this Sunday. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I promise you. I even promised him, right, that I was going to go to church that Sunday. And that Sunday, I got, my, I got in my car, and I was on my way to watch a soccer game. So I lied to my friend. But as I was on my way to watch the soccer game, I began feeling this pain right here and the top of my stomach, right? And as I began feeling this pain, I'm like, this thing is getting intensive. So I turned around. I couldn't drive anymore without feeling that uncomfortableness because of the pain I was having. And I turned around, and I remember turning around and going back. And as I'm going back home, I'm like, no, I'm going to stop at this hospital. At that hospital, they gave me some X-lax, okay? They, 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 they thought it was gas built up or something that I ate the night before. So they made it worse. Because as I'm driving again, the pain doesn't, doesn't go down. The pain is only increasing. And it's getting worse and worse. And I remember me finishing, ending up at a hospital. 
for the, at, at a second hospital. In that second hospital, they said the same thing. And I went back to the first hospital at the end of the day, of the same day. And the doctor on Monday morning, this is on a Sunday. On Monday morning, the doctor was telling me, you know, Oscar, we just need you to sign these papers. And, and I said, what is this? And he said, uh, you know what, uh, we think we know what the problem is, but we don't want to risk it. We are not taking a risk on this. If, you, if anything happens to you, we don't want to be responsible. And when he, I said, okay, that gave me a lot of encouragement while I was laying on a bed in the emergency room, right? And, and so I signed the paper. After the surgery, the doctor approached me and he says, how do you feel? And I see that there's two tubes coming out of, uh, what's it? yeah, this side. There's two tubes coming out of this side. And I'm like, what's going on? You didn't explain to me what you thought it was because you weren't, well, I wasn't sure. We had to open you up. So I have a big opening, you know, and, and, and I'm looking at what? What went on here? And, and he tells me, if we would have waited two more hours before we did surgery, you would be dead. And I said, what happened? And he goes, your appendix rupture. He said, but it's not normal. You never experienced pain? And I said, no, I never experienced pain like that. I mean, stomach pains, you know, like normal stuff that sometimes you go through that kind of stuff. But I said, I didn't know. And he said, well, there's a reason. I don't know what, what's going on, but there is a reason why you went through this. And then I thought, Lord, I promised I was going to go to church, right? So I remember this verse when he says, I used to wander off until you disciplined me. And I said, Lord, you win, I lose. I'm going to church. And that was the beginning of me going back to church. And I haven't stopped since then because I'm still here, right? So... A lot of times, God allows these uncomfortable times, this suffering, this adversity, because once God wants to get your attention. God's Word assures us that all things work together for good for those who love God. All things work for good for you. If you love God and God has work in your life, all things will work for good. All means all. Even if I translate the Greek word for that, because sometimes people go like, what does all means? All means all. It's simple, right? The reason we are prone to view adversity as trouble, you know, is because a lot of times we see adversity through our own perspective, through our own glasses and our plans. Uh, you know, we see adversity our own way, and a lot of times we don't understand it because we don't see adversity through God's uh, perspective. How we respond to adversity determines to a large response whether it works for good or it works for evil in our lives. Our natural response, unfortunately, is negative to adversity. So, I think this morning, uh, since we're uh, starting this new series, it's important that we understand adversity. It's important that we understand adversity from God's perspective. It is essential that we understand it from His perspective to understand the purpose of adversity in our lives. So we are going to uh, respond to three questions this morning. Three questions. Uh, question number one is, what really is adversity? What's adversity? Uh, interesting thing about adversity is that there is no quality of adversity. There is no quantity of adversity. Uh, 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 you know, the only evidence of the existence of adversity is when you have experienced adversity. And here's why I say that. What is adversity for me might not be adversity for you. And what is adversity for you might not be adversity for me. 
And what is a small adversity for you, it might be a huge adversity for me. We tend to judge what people are going through many times because we don't understand what they're going through. Only you understand how you feel, what you're going through. So adversity is different for everybody. A person is going to look at adversity and is going to say, you know what, this looks really bad. This is tough. I'm out. I'm out. And they walk away from adversity and they try to walk away from a situation. Some other people might say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, see adversity, uh, but I'm trying to see adversity, but I don't see anything. I don't know what the big deal is with you. Why are you crying so much about this? So some other people will say, you know what, I see the adversity in my life. It looks hard, but I'm going to go through it and I know I'll be better in the other side. Adversity comes in all shapes and sizes. So we need to understand that adversity is simply defined as a hardship, suffering, or as extremely unfavorable experience or an event in your life. This is something not what we're expecting. This is not what we're expecting. A lot of times we want things our way. And when it doesn't go our way, it's adverse. And so the word adverse means creating momentum in a direction opposite to what you desire. In other words, you want this and God says, no, you can't have that because I know that if you have what you want, it's going to hurt you. I know what you need, not what you want. It's, I'm going to give you what you need, not what you want, because that is going to hurt you. And so we feel that that is going against us. And so we feel that as something that is opposite to what I desire. And anything that is opposite to what we desire, we see it as an adverse moment. Adversity, what adversity really is from God, adversity is a transformational process. So don't deny adversity in your life. Because when God allows adversity in your life, or when you go through adversity for all the reasons that we'll see in a moment, in a minute, uh, the reason that you cannot deny or you should not deny adversity in your life is because it's through adversity that you get into a transformational process in life. And let me tell you one thing about life. Everything in life, it's process. Everything is process in life. Everything is a process. I, I like to look at it like in the days of the blacksmith's uh, furnace. Uh, you know, the blacksmith, when he was going to make a sword or an axe uh, or something interesting uh, made out of uh, metal, uh, they would take hunks of metal and they would heat up, uh, heat them up and put them into something to form them. But to form them, they had to go through the fire, through the the adversity, through the fire. And they would come out as something totally different. So when God allows adversity, it's a transformational process that God puts you in. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter who you are. You will go through adversity. So it's better to understand adversity is a positive thing in my life, because adversity is there to change me to the best, to a better person, to a better Christian, to a better person with my family. It can either, adversity can either make you or break you. Either or. 
You know, it can break you, it can make you, or it can break you. It depends how you respond to it. We can all respond in different ways to the same situation that we're living in. How we respond to it is essential. How will you respond to adversity? Will you look at adversity and say, you know what, I don't deserve this. There are people who always cry about adversity. And they're always crying, and why is this happening to me? Instead of asking God, Lord, exactly what do you want to teach me through this? If God allows the adversity in your life, He has a reason why. Or, or sometimes, you know, we just, you know, will you look at, at this and say, what can I gain from this situation? How can I grow by this situation? Or what can I learn from this situation? You know, we have all gone through very terrible situations in our lives. Um, whether it's almost, you know, the losing of a loved one, uh, losing a job, losing that security that we love so much, losing a business. We have all gone through different adversities. Adversity is a transformational process that God allows in your life. Put that in your head and remember that because that's what God's teaching us in the Word today. Adversity is a transformational process that God allows in your life for your own benefit. How, how do we know that? James chapter 1, verse 2 and 4. Verse, verse 2 to 4. Uh, James says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers. Yeah, be joyful. Rejoice in this. Be joyful. Why am I going to be joyful, my brothers and sisters? Because I'm going to be facing trials of many kinds. I'm going to rejoice because I'm going to, Yay! I'm going to have trials. Right? I'm going to have adversity. Yay! Rejoice! Why? Because you know, and, and you know, in Greek, that word, you know, is the word ginosko. And the word ginosko in, in Spanish is a word similar. In, the, in Spanish is the word conocer. Conocer, it, it means exactly you know. You know it's a for sure thing. It, it's something you cannot go, you cannot go wrong because you know exactly, you know the exact reason, you know the exact thing, you know exactly what the purpose of that uh, trial that you're going to face it is. And what is the purpose? That the testing and the adversity of your faith is going to produce perseverance. You know, you, you know my last lesson of perseverance, you know when that was? Two weeks ago when Roy took me out for a bike ride. I had to persevere, man. This guy, we're going from his house to the Alta Loma church where he used to pastor, and we're going to a pastor's, uh, we're going to a pastor's, uh, meeting over there, and he tells me, eh, yeah, the last mile is probably uphill. No, it was two miles. It wasn't one mile. And I checked, it was actually two and a half miles uphill. And, and I'm like, nah, we'll do fine. And I'm going there, and I see Roy, I mean, Roy allows me to go front so he can watch me from the back and and then all of a sudden i'm like i'm going up in that hill right man i wonder what's going on with roy i'm going and thinking in my mind and roy just passes by like i'm like seriously and he's waiting for me in the corner and i'm like this is embarrassing i i gotta persevere and i'm going up against the hill i'm going up against the hill then i remember something he told me when i began riding with him a, a little bit over a year ago roy said one time he says hills are your friends remember remember when you said that to me hills are your friends because the more you go uphill the better you're gonna get the stronger you're gonna get and that's adversity 
you're going against what you desire to go. You don't want to go up the hill. Trust me, when we got there, man, I was pouring sweat. We, ha- we were glad that we took these little backpacks and we both had different clothes to get changed for the pastor's meeting. Otherwise, they wouldn't have allowed us there. Yeah, we were, we were stinking, sweating and everything, you, you name it. So on the way back, it was nice. That hill that took me like 10 minutes to get up that hill, maybe more, probably 12 minutes. Uh, on the way down, it took us like three minutes, right? Because now we were... So after you go through adversity, there is time to enjoy the ride back. Because you learn stuff through the adversity. You learn stuff that you need to. So you endure. You endure and you persevere. But if you don't persevere, you feel... uh, How do you feel if you don't persevere? How do you feel? Do you feel good when you quit in the middle of it? It doesn't feel good to quit in the middle of it. And God doesn't want you to quit in the middle of it. God wants you to persevere. Why? For the same reason that it says in verse 4. Let's look at verse 4. In verse 4 it says that you are going to persevere, you are going to finish. Because let perseverance finish its work. What is the work that perseverance wants to finish? Because God wants you to mature in the areas that He wants you to learn, that, that He wants you to grow. He wants you to mature, and He wants you to be complete, not lacking anything. So that's why God wants you to persevere. God does not want you to quit in the middle of it. And that's the only reason you learn. That's the only reason you get stronger. That's the only reason you learn to endure. You learn and you get to endurance more and more through the race in the adversity of life. In our trials, we develop that. Romans chapter 5 verse 3, it says that we can rejoice too. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Rejoice when you run into problems and trials. Why? For we know, here's the same word, ginosko. You know a specific, specifically you know you are for sure that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops a strength of character. And character strengthens our confidence, hope, of salvation and this hope will not lead you to disappointment when you endure when you don't quit in the middle of the adversity then you become you are glad you don't become disappointed you know I'm disappointed that I quit in the middle of my career I'm disappointed that I quit to my job just because it got hard you know I'm disappointed that I quit to this I quit to that just because I didn't want to go through the hard time that it was going to develop endurance in my life. We can rejoice, the Apostle Paul told the Romans. Whether it's physical adversity, financial adversity, mental adversity, emotional adversity. I'm glad we're more aware of emotional adversity nowadays because we used to ignore this stuff. And everything, every time somebody was having an emotional adversity, people would just say, oh, just pray. No, it's not just pray. Yeah, pray. God is going to do His part. But what are we doing as human beings to obey God to help us through our emotional adversities? Social adversity, spiritual adversity. No matter the type of adversity, you are going to experience adversity. Everyone faces adversity in life. Just at various, you know, different degrees and different contexts. But what's adversity for you, it might not be for me. 
So I might have a little harder time understanding your adversity. You might have a really tough time understanding my adversity. Someone says that we don't develop courage by being happy every day. We develop courage by surviving the difficult times and challenging adversities in life. That's how we develop courage. Somebody else said, uh, actually this, is, this was Walt Disney who said, All the adversities I had in my life, all my troubles and obstacles have strengthened me. You may not realize, you may not, rea- you may not realize it when it happens, but a kick in the teeth may be the best thing in the world for you. A kick in your teeth may be the best thing for you. Adversity causes some men to break. Other ones, other men, don't break, but break records. Only adversity does that. Adversity causes some men to break. Others breaks. They break records. That's what adversity is. It's a transformational process. So every time you're going through a problem, think this way. I'm going through the process God put me in so I can learn something. I'm going through the process. Don't nag. You know, if you're going through adversity and you get home and you're nagging, guess who else is going to go through adversity? You're putting your family through adversity. We have to learn like that guy who used to come from work. And he, before he came from work, he had this little tree. And at this little tree, he would do this thing. He would do this thing. He would look at the little tree, just look at the little tree for a couple of seconds, and then walk into his house. And then one day, he took a friend with him. And as they were walking in, he, his friend noticed that he stopped in front of that little tree. And, and, and he said, you know, what's going on? What did you do that for? I said, when I look at that little tree, I put all my troubles. I put all my adversity. I put all my stuff on that tree. I don't go into this house. Into this house, I go in with a different attitude. When I get out of the house in the morning, I go back to the tree. I pick up some of those adversities, some of those problems, but some of them I even forgot about it at that point. But I don't go into my house and put those adversities in my family. It's a transformational process. That God puts you in so you can learn something. He allows that in your life. So, so there's, there's a very important question on this. So knowing what adversity is, now we need to understand where does it come from? Does it always come from God? No, it doesn't always come from God. Sometimes you bring it to yourself. Did you know that? Sometimes we bring it to ourselves. So adversity comes from different places. Three of them is to be more specific. It can come from God. When God wants to get your attention, just like we saw in Psalm 119, right? When adversity comes, we are forced to face our problems and pressures that are too big for us. We are forced to look at God, because only God can help us. If, if, if the adversity wasn't so great, and God didn't allow a great adversity in our lives, a lot of times we would not look up to God. Troubles point out our weakness and it prompts us to rely on God in ways that we wouldn't unless unless we had significant needs. Isn't that sad? But it's reality. A lot of times people don't come and pray. A lot of times we don't get on our knees unless we're going through trouble in life. 
And when we go into trouble in life, then, then we remember we're supposed to pray. Then we remember that it, it doesn't matter. You know, we just get up a little earlier in the morning and we, you know, we might get our cup of coffee and everything, but we get a little earlier in the morning so we can have that time of prayer because we might be going through a trial. And God allows that. A lot of times, adversities come directly from God because God wants to get your attention. Hey, you're not doing this. You're not doing what you're supposed to. Uh, for example, uh, David, a prayer that David, uh, that David was uh, praying in Psalm 86. It says, bend down, oh, bend down, O Lord, and hear my prayer. Answer me, for I need your help. Now, David is praying to the Lord because he was going through trouble at this point. And he tells him, protect me, for I am devoted to you. Save me, for I serve you. And trust you. You are my God. Verse 3. He says, Be merciful to me, O Lord, because I'm, uh, be, uh, for I'm calling you on your, I'm calling on you constantly. Give me happiness, O Lord, for, uh, for I give myself to you. O Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive, forgive, so full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. I'm asking for your help. I'm telling you all these nice things. Uh, you know, I'm telling you all these nice things because I'm asking for your help, Lord. What kind of help was David asking for? Listen closely to my prayer, O oh Lord. Hear my urgent cry. David was telling all these nice things to the Lord in the first verses because he's asking for help. Lord, I'm telling you, I'm blessing you. I'm praising your name. I'm, I'm recognizing who you are because I have an urgent problem. My urgent cry. I will call to you whenever I'm in trouble. David knew that he can call to the Lord whenever he was in trouble. And you will answer me. So, adversity can also come from other people. So, a lot of times it's God. But I'm not going to go too deep into this because we have about five or six weeks that we're going to go through this. And we are going to look in detail what do I mean by all this. So, adversity can also come from others. We live in a fallen world. It's a fallen world. And in our fallen world where we live, People, a lot of times, do mean things to others. And a lot of times, the adversity I go through, it might not be something I necessarily did. It might not be something God purposely did it. It might be something somebody did. But even that adversity, God is going to use it for me, for my benefit, in a way. So another, another reason why a lot of times we go through adversity, and, and this is one of the most common reasons, it can be a consequence or a result. Of a bad decision that we made. Have you ever made a bad decision? And then you're going through trouble and you're like, oh man, why did I do that? Or why did I say that? Or why did I act the way I did? And a lot of times we go through adversity and we feel that, that adversity in our lives because we made a bad decision choice. We made a bad decision. Wrong actions have consequences. Let me, let me give you a clear example for that. Remember when the people of Israel were taking captives to Babylon? When the people of Israel were taking captives to Babylon, this is what happened. Through Jeremiah, God had told the people, watch how a person or a group of people can go through adversity because of the choices they make. Therefore, 
Thus says the Lord of hosts, because you have not obeyed my words, God had given the people of Israel a command. You have not obeyed my words, behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, because Israel had divided. It was the northern empire and the southern empire. So the kingdom, the the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And he says, I will send. To take the families of the north, the, the, the north declares the Lord, and I will send to um, and I will send to uh, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, my servant, and I will bring them against this land and against its inhabitants. So you know, God is telling them, I'm going to send this king Nebuchadnezzar, so he can take you guys captive, so he can take you guys, so he can capture you guys. Because you guys did not listen to me. You made a choice. It wasn't the right choice. And he says, I'm going to do that. I'm going to send them. And my servant Nebuchadnezzar will, will come against you guys. And he will come against the inhabitants of that land. And against all the nations round about. Uh, this whole land will be desolation and a horror. And these nations will serve the king of Babylon. For how many years does it say there? Because you made the wrong choice, you are going to go through adversity for the next 70 years. Whoa, man, that's a lifetime. That's a lifetime. 70 years of consequences because of the, right, the wrong choice. And that is because my, my bad choice can lead me to that adversity. What had God, God had commanded them. You know what the issue here was? The main issue is that God told them, when you get the promised land, when you get to that promised land, you're going to work six days. And the seventh day, you're going to give rest to the land. Guess what the people of Israel did? Guess what they do? They, They didn't give the land a rest. You know how long they didn't give the land a rest? If you're a good mathematician, you're going to like this. They didn't give the land rest for 490 years. So they were supposed to give one day every six days, right? And for 490 years, they didn't do it. So if you do the math, 490 years, how many years did they owe the land rest? Six years, six days, seven, the seven, it was a rest. Six years, the seven year was also a rest. So how many years did the land was supposed to rest? Seventy. So God said, oh, wait a minute. I've been patiently waiting for you. Has God ever been patient with you? Whew. Oh, man. He's so patient with us. I, I love that about our God. He is so patient with us. And a lot of times... I'm sorry, but I, I, a lot of times we're knuckleheads. And we don't want to listen. And we don't want to see the patience of God. And God says, I waited for 490 years for you guys to give every, every work six. I'm giving you the majority. I'm just asking you to let the, rest, let the land rest for one year. Let the land rest for one day every seven days. And one year, and then he goes, okay, since you guys didn't want to do the right thing, so now I'm going to take you guys out. You didn't want to do it the right way, I'm going to make you do it. So he sends them to, to Babylon, and they suffer the consequence. 
So the adversity, you know, they can be in, in Babylon and, and, and complaining, God, why did you allow this? You're our God. We are your people. Well, the adversity you're living now is because of your bad choices. And whether the reason in the adversity is that, you know, God always, it doesn't matter the reason, God always has a purpose. Same thing happened to Job. In Job chapter 1, you know, he lost everything. He went through a huge adversity. He lost everything. And the only thing Job did at the end of the day, in verse 20, he says that he fell to the ground and worshipped God. In verse 20, 21, it says that he said, I came to this world without nothing, and I will leave this world with nothing. The Lord gave me, the Lord took it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In verse 22, he didn't blame God because he knew that God always has a purpose in everything he allows in everybody's life. God always has a purpose. So Job didn't understand the purpose at that moment, but he knew there was a purpose, even if he didn't understand it. God always has a plan. Jeremiah 20, 29, 11, verse, well, well-known verse, For I know the plans I have for you, declared the Lord, declares the Lord. Uh, God always has a purpose. God always has a plan. You might not have it. You might not understand it. But God always has a plan. And in times of Queen Esther, it's the same thing that happened. Even Mordecai told Esther, perhaps you were born for such a time like this, as the people of Israel were going through adversity, because they were going to get all, they were all going to get killed. God always has a plan. That's why I love the verse in Romans chapter eight twenty-eight. We, we most Christians know this verse, but most Christians don't live according to this verse. And I know. Uh, that for those who love God, all things work together for good. But when you're in the things, when you're going through the adversity, you don't look at that verse that way. And God wants you to look at that verse that way. For those who are called according to His purpose, all things work together for good. Whether it's suffering, whether it's whatever it is, at the end of the day, God has a plan. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Therefore, Proverbs 3 says, Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. God has a plan. God has a purpose. Why He is allowing you to go through the adversities. In all your ways, all God is asking you as you're going through the adversities, in all your ways, just submit to the Lord. Submit to Him and He will make your path but you have to trust in God when you're going through the adversity. Whether the adversity came from God, whether it came from other people who, who were mean to you, or whether it came from uh, as a result of a bad decision that you made, God will work it for the best at the end of the day. Now, some of it, you're going to have to pay the consequence first. And then after you go through the consequence, still God will show you what you need to learn at the end of the day. So what is the purpose of these adversities? So we know what adversity is, uh, what, what adversity is, and we know uh, we know the um, we know the purpose. We know the uh, the reason why uh, you know where the adversity comes from. And now, what is the purpose of that? The purpose is uh, first purpose. We're going to look at this a uh, little faster right now because time we're running out of time. But God uses adversity to catch our attention. 
If God doesn't catch your attention, when you're going through the tough times, I don't know what, what can do it. I don't know what will do it. In Amos, Amos 4.12, the Lord told His people, Therefore, I will bring upon you all the disaster. You, you know, you remember in 1994 when we had that earthquake? The Northridge earthquake? You know how churches were so packed. People went running to church the next day. Do we need another one? May I have another one, sir? We might need another one. Because unless... Therefore, I will bring upon you all the disaster I have announced to you. I will bring disaster. Otherwise, you guys don't get... Don't get me. I want to get your attention. So to get your attention, sometimes I got to let you go through this tough time. I got to let you go through the adversity. Prepare to meet your God in judgment. A lot of times God has to bring judgment because we're not listening. We're not paying attention. When trouble comes, it is often a reminder to look to God. To cry out to God. That's why I love Psalm 119, the verses that we were looking at. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now, I keep your word. It is good for me to have been afflicted, to have suffered, because ah, now, because of that suffering, I learned your word. It often takes pain to change people. It often takes pain to change people. Remember the prodigal son? Remember the prodigal son in Luke, 9, Luke, Luke 15? The prodigal son had to go away and waste all his money before he understood. He went through tough times. Also, God uses adversity to call us for self-examination. If, 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 when you go through adversity, you need to examine yourself. 1 Corinthians 11 says that, But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. We need to examine ourselves. A lot, of God, a lot of times God wants us to examine ourselves. And you know, about examining ourselves, let me, tell you, let me tell you one thing. Let me tell you a secret. Be honest with yourself. Don't deny who you are and how you're behaving. Don't deny yourself who you really are and what you're going through. Be honest with yourself when you examine yourself. You know, say, Lord, yes, I know I'm like this. I know that I have this problem. I know I'm dealing with this issue. I know I'm struggling with this sin. I know, I know, I know, Lord, but I know and only you can help me. When you're going through, through, through adversity, God wants to use that so you can examine yourself. We will not be judged in a way that God a lot of times doesn't. Because yet, He says, when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined. So Lord, why am I being disciplined? You know, adversity has a purpose. So now we know what adversity is. We know where it comes from. Now we need to know this purpose. What is the purpose of it? So number one, God wants to get our attention. Number two, God wants you to examine yourself. When you're going through adversity. That's why I give you that outline every Sunday. So you don't forget what you learn here on Sunday. You can go back home and say, what do I have to go if I'm going through adversity? Okay, maybe God wants to get my attention. Lord, is it you want to get my attention? Maybe God wants me ex- to examine myself. Lord, 
am I walking okay with you? Am I doing okay? Am I doing good? Am I doing wrong? Am I doing bad? God also uses adversity to conquer our pride. You know, Proverbs 8, 13, it says that all who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption and perverse speech, says the Lord. You know, a lot of times when God allows you to go through adversity, it's because God says, huh, you're becoming a little arrogant, buddy. Let Let me step on you a little bit so I can get you to the right path because a lot of times if we don't face adversity a lot of times people had lost until they lost everything they knew that the only place they can turn it was not to their bank account but to God because our arrogance is something God hates and a lot of times we can lose everything because of pride and we do that through adversity God uses adversity for us to cry out to Him. Again, we already did part of this. We wouldn't look for God unless we're going through hard times. A lot of times we just, we just forget. God uses adversity also to remove shallow friends. Have you ever had friends that they were there while you had a good bank account and you, and you were doing good in life, they were all there with you? Man, let's enjoy life together, right? And then when you lost everything, everybody just like, oh, okay. They run away. Oh, man. God uses the adversity to get rid of your shallow friends. Let me tell you that. Proverbs seventeen seventeen says, A friend loves at all times. A real friend will be there with you. Not just to be there with you, but a real friend is not the one who tells you what you want to hear. A real friend will tell you what you really need to hear. So a real friend will not leave in these times of adversity. Uh, God uses adversity to equip us and comfort, and to come for us to comfort others. So He equipped us for me to comfort other people. Second Corinthians one, verse three. And five, he, he says that, uh, you know, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful. Uh, Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. So the reason you go through adversity is that after you learn that, you can go and help others that are going through the same thing you're going through. Never judge people when they're going through adversities. Please do yourself a favor. Treat others. Treat others the way you want others to treat you that's the golden rule when you see people going through adversity go next to them give them a hug love on them love on them and I was thinking about Pat yesterday and I was thinking the adversity she's been through is her way to heaven I can imagine being laying on a bed even for a day. I can handle that. But adversities, a lot of times, what, what they're going through and what we have gone through helps us all to help other people as they're going through their own adversities. And I'll finish with this. God uses adversities to bring 
us to the feet of Jesus. I think a lot of times we think we're so tough and strong. And we know everything, right? We know it all. And a lot of times Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to humble you. Through adversity, I'm going to humble you. But when you feel the way, don't doubt for a moment. You can come to me. Jesus said in Matthew 11, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I don't know you. I know me. And you know what I know about me? I am tired of carrying the way of adversities. I'm tired. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying I don't see the adversities, the positive part of adversity. But I'm tired of me going against the current. Instead of saying, Lord, you are, you are the boat that I can jump in. And you will carry me through that. I will still go through it, but you will carry me through that. Because even if I'm walking in the, in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. But a lot of times, we don't want to rely on Jesus. And a lot of times, He allows adversity in our lives to say, you know what, you got to depend on me. Are you depending on Him? Have you ever given your life to Christ? And if you're a believer, are you struggling doing things for yourself? Or are you really depending on Jesus? Every time you're going through an adversity, says, Lord, you got to tell the Lord. You got to say, Lord, uh, you know, uh, what of these things can I, can I just, can I just pour these things on you and you help me go through it? God is not going to take you out of the adversity, but He can help you get through it. And don't just get through it, grow in it. That is the purpose of adversities in our lives. So I hope that as we walk out of here this morning, we will leave, we will go home, and we will go thinking, you know, what are the things that I can learn for what I'm going through right now in my life? How can I be a support to others as others are also going through different adversities in their lives? How can I be, how can I be a person that will love them, will love on them, and will help them, and will support them as they're going through different adversities? in their lives let's stop thinking just you know about ourselves for a minute and let's think about what God wants us to do with others Father we thank you so much this morning for your word thank you Lord because uh, today as, as we learn what adversity is where does it come from and above all what the purpose of it is I just pray, Lord, that we will understand your will. Help us, Lord. Help us understand each one of these things that can help us succeed and learn to be people who will persevere in the adversity because at the end of the race, we will receive the trophy, the crown that you have ready for us who endured that adversity. We pray, Father, for your blessing. In your son's name we pray. Amen.